When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back, fresh off of the conference championship games. Maybe not quite as good. I don't think it was ever going to be possible to live up to live up to the divisional round, but fun games nonetheless. We're back here to talk about the fallout from all of those games, um, some some best ball playoff contest takeaways. Maybe take a look at some of you guys' teams. I've seen some stuff in the Discord already. If you haven't joined the Discord, um, I'll drop a link in the chat. Best ball playoff contest, kind of the chaos that has ensued with those and some things that we can take away maybe into 2022 for our regular season drafts. You guys see Jimmy G on the thumbnail. We will definitely be talking about some 49ers. I think they're a really fascinating situation to discuss. So that and much, much more. We'll get into it. Let's get it. already in the comments i see you guys already in the comments hitting up some stuff real quick couple of housekeeping points go to spikeweek.com join the 100 free discord um or i did just drop a, a link to the discord in the chat um i'm dropping we are dropping not just myself i see um shane in the chat i see stylus in the chat we'll have some more information from um Rob, Rob Coakley, got tons of different people coming on board to, to help churn out content and tools and everything. Really excited. Just dropped um, for the 2022 folks. You know, we already did a 2022 draft and some of you guys are doing 2022 drafts as well. Just dropped um, like a, a early depth chart for every team, just the skill players. Obviously, we don't need to know the offensive linemen and the defense and all of that. But if we took away, basically what I did is took away every um, player that's a free agent on each offense <clears throat> and took them out of the depth chart. So you can kind of see what's left for each team. Obviously that doesn't take into account, you know, if Chris Godwin comes back to um, the Buccaneers, it doesn't take into account. I have Tom Brady on there, right? <laughs> it doesn't take into account, you know, um, Allen Robinson, where Allen Robinson's going to go, where Will Fuller's going to go, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's a good look, I think, at just kind of the, the shell of each team as they stand right now and where maybe, you know, some some parts will mix and match. So if you go to NFL, it's underneath it's um, in the header under NFL there. And I also tweeted it out earlier today. So that's just one of many, many, many things we will be dropping and tons of new um content as well i'm writing stuff as i said silas and shane in here are doing some awesome content rob and others so be on the lookout for that obviously you guys are already like i said shane here is it officially trey lance season jimmy g to pittsburgh um jimmy g to washington put jimmy on the 
on the thumbnail because I do think that <clears throat> situation is the biggest one to think about, to, um, you know, consider, especially if we're already doing 2022 drafts um, or if you're just planning ahead for the future, right? We talked about, we've talked about in the past a little bit, like, you know, the will Trey Lance start in 2022 was not a 100% certainty. It wasn't, it, it, it just wasn't. I think it was a huge underdog. Like, I think there was a scenario, maybe I'm crazy, where the Niners won the Super Bowl and Trey Lance still still started next year because of what they could probably get for, for Jimmy. I think that they might have still run it back with Jimmy. I think if they had made the Super Bowl, they might um, have still run it back with Jimmy. However, now I do feel, um, you know, you can – Old takes exposed me in uh, in a few months when uh, the Niners do commit to Jimmy for for 2022. But I think given the way um, the Niners season ended and given the way Jimmy in particular played <clears throat> in these playoffs, it it's, you know, I, I can't I just cannot fathom a scenario in which uh, Kyle Shanahan brings him back and and runs it back with this team clearly has kind of capped the ceiling of this freaking Ferrari of an offense. And I think <clears throat> not to go into too much of a, you know, Trey Lance versus Jimmy tangent, but I think people miss miss, you know, are missing the forest through the trees with this whole situation. Um, I like to make jokes and stuff on Twitter about Jimmy. I'm sure I'll make jokes today about Jimmy. Jimmy is a, Totally what average NFL quarterback. He has some things that he does well, and he has a lot of physical limitations and he makes a lot of mistakes, but he, he's not incapable of doing some good things. We've seen that for years. Um, the issue with players like Jimmy, which also somewhat relates to like fantasy, right? When you draft, um, let's think here. I, this is maybe a poor example, but when you draft the, you know, big bends of the world, when you draft that, even like Mac Jones, honestly, <clears throat> you draft some of those, obviously there will be situations you'll be backed into a corner with some of those guys. There is just not the upside that exists to, to get you anywhere. What you're, you're having to thread this needle on them having what their stealing performance is. So the 49ers need Jimmy to have his, have his good performances or and or you're needing the you know your opponents you can best ball our opponents to fail basically you're betting on failure by by the opponent which is not necessarily the worst thing right like please jimmy don't kill us <laughs> please jimmy don't kill us and my opponents and my opponents just fail the problem with that and that's why, like, this, the whole Jimmy and Trey Lance discourse, discourse, the whole Fields versus Dalton versus Foles, right? The whole discourse around that is not even really about, like, I don't care about Trey Lance. <laughs> I don't know Trey Lance. I don't have any true, real, like, amazing investment in Trey Lance. Like, I'm just trying, I'm just here to make money. And the offenses, like the 49ers, you, at the when the rubber meets the road and you make it to these you know, these playoff games, as we just saw, they just barely beat the Packers despite holding Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in Lambeau to 10 points. 
They almost pissed away a game to the Cowboys, largely because of Jim. Jimmy made another backbreaking inter- threw another backbreaking interception against the Cowboys, and they almost threw that game away. And then they threw away a ten point lead in the fourth quarter against the Rams here, because you just have a quarterback that cannot elevate the offense. Maybe Trey Lance won't either. <laughs> right? Maybe Trey Lance isn't that guy. It's very, very possible. It's hard as shit to play quarterback in the NFL. It's absolutely within the range of outcomes. It's probably a high probability, like a, a majority of the time, Trey Lance is not a high-level NFL quarterback because there's only a, there's not that many of those guys, right? And so the difference is that someone – like Trey Lanes, with his rushing ability and with his ability, his, his arm, right? He has a freaking cannon. He can make all the throws. He can throw outside the numbers. He can throw down the field. He opens up the entire offense, which in turn raises the ceiling of the offense, right? They can run with their quarterback. They can throw the ball down the field. They can throw the ball outside the numbers. They can do a lot of different things that you just cannot do with Jimmy. And does that mean that he'll be better or the offense will be better? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He could suck. He might suck. He wasn't very good this year, but you didn't give him this year to figure it out, right? Because you were you you were scared that he would fail, and all you did was trot out a quarterback who failed himself, right? Because he was the safer option. He was the more game-ready player. Well, you know, you left your third overall pick on the bench, and he was the one who maybe could have, right, in, in that game – his running and his ability to make a downfield throw and a throw outside the numbers, get the ball to Debo Samuel, get the ball to Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle down the field and run could have been the difference yesterday, but you didn't give that a shot. Right. And like I said, maybe it failed, but you failed anyway because you set yourself up. And so that's kind of my quick few minutes uh, tangent about the Trey Lance and Jimmy thing, because it's very silly. It's very, it's very silly, the whole, you know, and I, I contribute to it too, making making fun of Jimmy, but the people make it too easy because everybody wants to everybody wants to stand for the the QB, the QB wins. Yeah, the, uh, what a perfect example. Kyle Shanahan is playing for min caches. Kyle Shanahan is playing to to double up his money in a contest with 20% rake and 150,000 people and a in a horrible payout structure. That's what Kyle, that's what that, that's what he did. And he lost. And he lost. He got burned because he played it too safe. When you play it safe, just like in just like in our gambling spaces, right? Just like in best ball, just like in DFS, when you don't when you don't play for the win, basically, when you play it safe, punting on well, taking a delay a game and then punting on fourth and two and playing it safe with this quarterback that's not actually safe. He just makes you feel safer. You get what you you get what you what you deserve. Yeah. See, you guys are you guys already nailed it. He's playing fit. He's playing 50 50s. That's what he's trying to play 50 50s in a game where the payouts are not 50 50. Right. He's not he, he thinks he's playing like a cash game player who isn't playing cash game contests. He's playing winner take all contests. Same thing as we are, you know, basically the same thing as we are. Right. And so I, I thought that the, the, the Jimmy thing was um the most notable thing, and that was my little quick tangent, but I think it like in a crazy weird way had these perfect parallels to these 
games that we're playing, these best ball tournaments, right? If you want to go play, if uh, there aren't 50 fifties, right? I don't think, and <laughs> maybe there will be, um, you know, real true cash games in, uh, in best ball, but there are not right now. So like playing it's safe is not going to get you anywhere. We're out to make money. We're playing this to make money. It's of course fun and a hobby and I want to have fun too, right? Why did I draft so much Darrington Evans last year? Cause I'm just, part of that is having fun. I know that drafting 40% Darrington Evans is probably not ideal, but it was, there is that fun, fun aspect. But at the end of the day, we have to understand what our goals are and the rules of the games that we're playing and playing it safe. Like Kyle Shanahan did you know, in theory, playing it safe, like Kyle Shanahan did. I thought it was a interesting kind of takeaway. And so, um, let's get to the 49ers thing. And then we'll, we'll do some of the 49ers talk and maybe some of the like takeaway from yesterday. Cause obviously the chiefs losing is, is pretty crazy. And I seen some wild takes on Mahomes and, and all of that, but the Bengals will be fascinating for, for next year. Um, and the chiefs will be fascinating for next year. And there's a couple things we can touch on with, with that. Here we go. Jameson does a quick side, side note. There are 12 man best ball 50-50s on fan ball, but it's it's you know it's not hasn't quite gotten as popular as say underdog, but that does it, but that, that does exist. So so but in that format, if whatever safe is, yeah, like a lot of our tournament strategies, <clears throat> right? Correlating the, the the tournament weeks and playing for you know guys who might, you know, come on late in the year as opposed to early in the year and all these all these different stacking excuse me stacking strategies and all this stuff may not translate as well to that but in in the the games that we're playing the games that we're focused on it really really matters so talking about uh the 49ers right so i think no one disagreed with me in the chat pipe up in the chat if you if you disagree i think it's pretty much a certainty now that Jimmy will that Jimmy will be gone they will trade Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance will be the starting quarterback next year of course that's not a 100% lock but I think like I said given everything that just played out over the last three weeks how they lost that game I can't I just cannot fathom a situation where they run it back with with Jimmy and so what that means for Trey Lance is what we were drafting him for last year on steroids, right? I am going to pull up really quick underdog. If I pull up underdog and we can go to NFL and we go to early best ball right now by ADP, if you guys can see here on my screen, ADP is Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. This is just for quarterbacks. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray. So there's your top five. Lamar, sixth. Rogers, seventh. Dak, eighth. Stafford, ninth. Trey Lance as the tenth overall quarterback. Jalen Hurts, Russell Wilson, then Tom Brady. Brady used to go a little bit higher. I think he was tenth at a certain point. I tweeted about it not that, not that, uh, not that uh, long ago, maybe last week or something like that. Anyway. Um, so Trey Lance is going as the 10th overall, overall quarterback. I think as crazy as it sounds, I would, he's going to be in the discussion for 
taking him over. I, I think the Burrow price is kind of absurd. Um, we'll see what they do in the offseason. I mean, I totally understand the hype, but I'm not, you know, without any real running aspect to Joe Burrow's game, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I don't think I can buy a top 50 ADP on Joe on Joe Burrow. Not that I'm taking Trey Lance over him, but I'm just, you know, talking about the quarterback, the quarterback landscape. Um, this is going to sound crazy. W- what is the true difference? What is How much different? is Lamar Jackson and, and Trey Lance. How, how much different are Lamar Jackson and Trey Lance as fantasy assets in, in 2022? Lamar is a better fantasy asset. I think he's a more dynamic runner. He's clearly a more polished NFL player. I mean, we're talking about an MVP here. And the Ravens offense should be much, much, much better next year. Bounce back, basically. However, if we're really, truly, like, breaking this down... How different are they? You know, Lamar going 60th overall and Lance going 92nd overall. Um, I don't know. I, I I I think, and I love Matthew Stafford, but again, there's no running aspect to Matthew Stafford. There's no running aspect to Aaron Rodgers. And they're going to run back this whole offense, right? They might even, maybe they bring Mostert back, who is a free agent. I think we're going to have to seriously consider Trey Lance higher than this, basically, is what I'm saying. So I'm really really interested to see kind of where he goes. Yeah, Eric brings up to play devil's advocate. Couldn't you say the same thing about Justin Fields? Kind of. Fields is not um, quite the same runner. He's a more explosive runner in terms of, I mean, Fields runs a four three or whatever. <laughs> he's he's crazy, crazy, crazy athletic. But he's not. You know, Trey Lance was like a zone read, like power running quarterback. I don't think, like, I don't personally think that Justin Fields has like you know the thousand yard and double digit rushing touchdown upside. That Tra- Trey Lance has that. That's in his bag. Particularly playing. Like we'll definitely be doing plenty of these conversations. I talked about it last year quite a bit at the beginning of draft season. Like the upside of a quarterback that runs like this in a Kyle Shanahan offense is QB is the QB one. I don't think Justin Fields has the QB one in his range of outcomes. And as David says here, there is definitely a big diff. Like we're talking about, I'll do the coaching first, which you did last. So I don't, sorry. But Kyle Shanahan, right, even though I just kind of shit on Kyle Shanahan, I mean, he's one of the most brilliant um, schematic offensive minds that exist in the league. He's able to elevate Jimmy Garoppolo and Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard and, and everything. With Debo Samuel, I think we all feel pretty comfortable about uh, how good Debo Samuel is as a player. I hope everyone feels confident with how good George – I mean, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey is the best fantasy tight end. George Kittle is the best actual real tight end in the NFL. He just needs someone to unlock him. And then, and Brandon Ayuk is great. And honestly, Juwan Jennings looks pretty good to me as a third as a third wide receiver. Eli Mitchell looks pretty good. Maybe they bring Mostert back. There's no, like everybody's signed besides Mostert obviously, for next year. So uh, there's a big difference, as David says. I think it def- the O-line definitely huge, 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 huge difference. But yes, also, as David says, Kyle Shanahan is 
the connoisseurs fake sharp. Um, yeah, I agree, Eric. Eric says absolutely San Fran, you know, is better than Chicago, but that's baked in with the price difference. Justin Fields, as I scroll down a little bit here, is going, you know, 109. Like Justin, Justin Fields is going after Deshaun Watson. And like, I guess Deshaun Watson, you know, is a, is it, I haven't spent a lot of time thinking or looking into the Deshaun Watson thing, but I do think it's kind of crazy that Justin Fields is going after Deshaun Watson when we don't even know if Deshaun Watson is going to play it, right? He's going after Brady and Deshaun Watson. And we don't even know if either of those are guys are going to play in uh, 2022. And Fields is 100% going to be the starter for the Bears. They obviously got a lot of work they got to do. I am going to pull up now while I'm uh, thinking about this because that's a good note. I'm going to pull up those depth charts and talk about the bears really quick. So you can see here, we got the, we got the uh, pre pre draft depth charts. If you go to spikeweek.com NFL pre draft, pre draft depth charts, the Arizona thing is funny because you see their running backs uh, are both, are both uh, free agents. But if I scroll down to the bears, as you said, we see Justin Fields looks good. Backfield looks fine. Cole Komet here. Look at the wide receivers. Mooney, Daz Newsom, nobody. They don't have any. Because <laughs> it was Demir Bird, obviously A-Rob. I'm blanking on um, Jakeem Grant, right? They don't even have... Uh, they don't even have any wide receivers. So, you know, a lot of truly what Justin Fields upside is going to be is, is going to be what the bears do here in the off season. Goodwin, Marquise, Marquise Goodwin. Look at the, I mean, they gave, they gave themselves no chance, no chance to win in this, in this year. I mean, Daz Newsome, Marquise Goodwin, Demir Bird. What what are we doing? What are we even doing here? You know, I I do well. Well, I do agree with this. Rob says if Erica's going to make a fool of himself touting Trey Lance again, we at least need ten likes, or I'm shutting the stream down. I'm not going to say if he has that kind of power yet to actually do that, but I agree with him. Hit that thumbs up, and if you're not subscribed already, please do. To really help grow grow this podcast and we're going to be churning out content literally every single day, sometimes multiple times a day on this YouTube channel for like the rest of time. <laughs> so hopefully you'll be able to get plenty out of, out of this and it'd be much appreciated if you hit that like button. Um, yeah. Uh, the problem is they did kind of try. Hobbs says they should have ran the Lions playbook and just pounded the run and probably like kind of the short passing game. Right. But Nagy, they kind of tried to run, but they couldn't run there. I mean, the Bears are just an absolute total disaster. But I agree with, like, um, what we were talking about before, what Eric says, that, like, I think Fields is a great value. I agree. I'm going to be all over. Like, I'm, I'm as it stands right now, on January 31st, <laughs> I'll be running running it back with these, these rookie quarterbacks. We can throw Trevor Lawrence into that. We can probably throw Zach Wilson into it, which is I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. I don't think Davis Mills is an egregious late round pick again, as it stands right now. But I think that the 49ers situation, I am going to scroll to the Niners really quick on the depth chart so that you can like, you can like see other than Raheem Mostert, 
and Mo, what Mohamed Sanu, everybody's back. Everybody is back for the 49ers. So he is in a great spot. I do think they have one or two offensive linemen, free agents, but like they have a loaded roster everywhere. Like absolutely everywhere. The roster is loaded. It's it's like it's not the same thing as the Bills because the Bills have a much better roster all around. But it's in a similar ballpark to the Bills where like they don't have really many needs. A couple Niners need some secondary help, some help in the secondary and maybe an offensive lineman or two. And that's it. You trade Jimmy, you get some extra picks. The Niners are going to be the team we're going to try to go right back to. Issue Small issue with that, with the Niners, moving a little bit away from Trey Lance, is the starting with Debo and the cost of Debo going at pick, as you see here, pick 15.5. Pick 15.5. I do agree also with what David says here, that all those guys that we just looked at, you know, the skilled group of the 49ers, they're yak players. Why, why, why has Jimmy been able to be successful? And why have these guys been able to be successful with, with Jimmy? These guys are unbelievably explosive athletes, both with the ball in their hands and down the field. In Trey Lance's first game, Debo caught a 75-yard touchdown. Right? We, bring, we know Brandon Ayuk is an explosive player. George Kittle is like the most explosive tight end in the NFL. Those guys are explosive players, both before, like you know, before getting down the field as, as pass catchers. And as David says, you know, from a yak perspective. And so once, once we can actually unlock a little bit of the, the deep aspect to their offense with those guys, then it also helps the yak thing. Cause you're not entirely dependent upon five yard throws and Debo Samuel turning them into 50, you know? Also Eric says the Debo usage changes. So Debo, I wanted to talk about Debo because Debo is like, Maybe more interesting than Trey Lance. I don't even think Trey Lance is that interesting. Trey Lance is a running quarterback, top three overall pick in a freaking Ferrari of an offense. He has to be truly awful to not, like truly, truly, he has to be horrible at real life football. And maybe he is, but he has to be like beyond horrible at real life football to not be an awesome fantasy asset. And he he might he could be absolutely truly horrible and still be an awesome fantasy asset, given what just that's just how it works with the 49ers. I used in this this last offseason, I used um, this example when Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator of the Washington formerly Redskins. He had, if you recall, a young, athletic, super talented quarterback by the name of Robert Griffin III. He turned Robert Griffin III into a 4,000-yard passer and 1,000-yard rusher. He set the world ablaze, and he was the QB1 in fantasy. RG3 was. Throwing to Pierre Garçon and Fred Davis. So you're telling me that he can't make Trey Lance uh, a, a really strong fantasy asset? I'm pretty certain that he can. However, as Eric says here, that's why I think Debo is the most interesting part of all this. I love Debo was legitimately my highest owned wide receiver in uh, best ball drafts this past season. That worked out great. I do think, as Eric says, the usage change was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, let me pull this up too. Let me pull this up. 
I tweeted earlier, in case you missed it, if you can see here, Kyle Shanahan basically fell in love when he when he did this Debo running back thing. <clears throat> right? It, it was brilliant, I think, getting Debo in the backfield a little bit to offset some of you know their weakness at running back and just get the ball into your playmaker's hands. Doing it a little bit, I think, was was smart. You know, get him five or six, four or five, six carries a game. The problem is it 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 you know it took away, it removed him from the passing game. In the first nine games, if you remember, Debo was a smash because it was like one of the elite wide receivers in the entire in nine games, he had almost a thousand receiving yards and during and 86 targets. During that time, he only had 11 carries in those first nine games. He basically wasn't getting used as a running back at all. And actually until that ninth game, that ninth game was the first game that he, uh, he, I think he gave Debo five carries. He had like five for 50 and a touchdown on the ground. At, from that point forward, he just basically became a running back who got a few targets, three and a half targets a game. That includes the playoffs in which he actually had uh, a couple games. Like la- he had seven targets yesterday. I think 10 last week or something. Maybe I'm totally misremembering that. But anyway, he, he no, it wasn't. He had 15 targets in the playoffs. Anyway, he turned Debo into this glorified running back, part-time running back. It's absolutely ridiculous. And yes, as Hobbs rightfully points out, I appreciate that. So they were struggling, right? Which is so funny because if we also look back, people were like, you can't draft Trey Lance because the Niners have such a soft schedule. Jimmy's going to get out to a hot start. As Hobbs says, they were three and five. They started three and five. You could have turned it over to Trey Lance then and avoided this whole catastrophe down the stretch. However, they didn't. They started three and five and Mitchell got hurt. So he was trying something put Debo in the backfield. Obviously that worked, but he became so in love with it. Shanahan f- fell so in love with this thing that he, right. It's kind of what these like super sharp guys do. It's like, look, I'm brilliant. Look what I just discovered. And then he like becomes enamored with it. And Debo as a runner is great. No one's saying you can't use him as a runner, but the reason why your offense was so good and why Debo was, was just, an incredibly impactful player was because you were using him in the passing game. 54 catches for 979 yards in nine games. And then you just stopped throwing him the ball, right? He had to, he had to take a screen 50 yards or whatever it was to the house yesterday to do anything in the passing game. Cause they couldn't, they, they, they didn't throw him the ball. And when he did, when they did throw him the ball, Jimmy's, Hospital ball, like Debo almost died over the middle of the field. I thought he did die a lot when he when he, when he saw it live. Looked the hit looked bad, and so this usage for for me with deep uh, with Debo is is pretty concerning. At this ADP, he is an incredible, incredible real football player, and if he goes back to being more of a wide receiver which i do expect we should probably talk about that because i do expect that he is gonna you know really trend back more towards this wide receiver than the running back 
they were in, as Hobbs mentioned, they were in this just awkward situation of Trey Sermon is terrible, and he might have been hurt at that time too. <clears throat> Obviously, Mostert is hurt. Jeff Wilson was hurt. And um, Jeff Wilson was hurt and or continually hurt. And um, then Mitchell, you know, their breakout running back also got hurt. They basically didn't have a running back. And so, so Debo did start to fill that role. Now, next year, they'll have Mitchell. Maybe Sermon will be actually be able to get on the field. Maybe they bring back Mostert or they bring somebody else in at running back. In theory, he should move back to wide receiver, which then in turn would give you back those that first nine games that you saw on that tweet would give you access to that. I'm not saying he would do that, but it would give you access to Debo, the wide receiver, which is what you would want to pay for a second round price for. However, we're still talking about a wide receiver in a run first offense that has to compete with George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk for targets. Debo is the man. There's not going to, you're never going to hear Debo real life shade. Um, But there's a bunch of red flags about him. At, at this cost. A, as Hobbs said, Mitchell did get get used in the passing game. It wasn't like Mitchell was just a two, you know, Mitchell wasn't uh, LeGarrette Blunt, and then Debo's out there catching passes. Debo wasn't catching passes out of the backfield. Um, where was the other comment? Now, TD regression. He, he also wasn't scoring a bunch of goal line touchdowns. He's scoring from far out on runs, too. His touchdown rate was absolutely insane, right? His, 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 Usage did not support the fantasy output that he was putting up down the stretch. His usage did support <laughs> a lot of his you know, first nine games because he was getting double-digit targets every week and maybe a couple carries. But down the stretch, that was not the case. And so what Debo are we going to get, right? And we're paying a really, really, really steep price. Like, I understand we are, like, the, the market is much lower on Stefan Diggs now, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, right, D.K. Metcalf, whatever. We're talking about alpha, alpha wide receivers, not C.D. Lamb yet. But we're talking about alpha wide receivers. Stephon Diggs is still an absolute alpha wide receiver. A.J. Brown is an absolute alpha wide receiver. He's going near Tyreek Hill, right? He's not going that much farther behind Devontae Adams. And so there are some serious, serious concerns for me with Debo Samuel. Was a has been also a takeaway over um, – uh, no, wrong button. San Francisco. So if we also look at ADP, there was another good comment here. Eric says, another thing I haven't seen many discussing is the Debo running back usage, a bad sign for Eli Mitchell's long-term outlook, or were they just trying to catch lightning in a bottle? Hobbs kind of mentioned that, you know, they were pretty much trying to catch lightning in a bottle. However, Eli Mitchell, as we see here, is currently going in the top 40. That is what he just did this season was great. He was his usage was awesome. He's obviously the favorite to be the lead, the very, very, very much expected lead running back in the Kyle Shanahan offense in 2022, which just has a lot of value. But that was Mostert got hurt on what the first drive of the season or whatever. Trey Sermon never was able to get onto the field. And he still did lose work to Debo. They could bring someone else in. They could bring someone else in this this season. As Rob said, what about Melvin Gordon? What about uh, Leonard Fournette? Doesn't 
excuse me, doesn't seem like a Kyle Shanahan guy. Maybe they draft another running back. They're done. Maybe they're done with Sermon and they draft another running back. We just don't know. Right. And so we're in this awkward place where I'm really excited about the 49ers. Obviously excited about Lance, just excited about the potential ceiling of the offense. But I just don't know how you can pay a top 40 price tag for Eli Mitchell. I think it's going to be very tough. I think it's going to be very tough. Who I'll probably be in on is, you know, if they bring back Mostert, certainly at a, you know, he if they bring back Mostert, he's not going to go 152nd overall. Let's just be clear about that right from the jump. But I, I, I would like to probably dabble in some Mostert um, because I, I don't think that they want to, I don't think that they w- truly want to have like, Elijah Mitchell as this 20 carry a game guy. I think they would probably like to bring Mostert back and let Mitchell and Mostert kind of do their thing in the backfield. Maybe a little bit of sermon, right? Um, That's my general kind of first take on that situation. So like I said, I would be, I'm I'm very, very interested in Raheem Mostert, but George Kittle, I mean, I'm just going to keep going to war with George Kittle. (laughs) And like, Again, it's you're just hoping that Trey Lance unlocks some portion of the offense that Jimmy Garoppolo is not able to unlock. And now you're getting George Kittle much cheaper than we were drafted. I mean, 40th overall, George Kittle in the fourth round, you can sign me up for that. And same thing with Brandon Ayuk, right? You're, again, hoping that a quarterback can actually that can actually throw the ball 20 yards down the field can unlock a player like Brandon, Brandon Ayuk, like it's funny because Debo has risen all the way up and Eli Mitchell has risen all the way up, but now we get you know what could potentially be values in uh, in those other guys. As David says, I'm so, so out on any San Francisco running back. I get they're great at running, but Shanahan is so fickle with his running backs and loves to galaxy bring himself a committee. That's why um, exactly same kind of my thought process around like the Mostert thing. Like I, if Mitchell's going to go in the top 40 and Mostert's going to go, you know, he won't, like I said, he won't go at pick 152 if they bring him back or even Sermon, you know, maybe Sermon does figure it out or something in this off season. Or like we said, they bring Melvin Gordon in or they bring somebody in. Give me that guy at pick 100, just because they're going to get, you're just going to, by being on the field as a running back for the San Francisco 49ers, you're going to get some kind of usable, weeks out of those guys and then you get the potential of hey you could just be the hot hand for that game maybe kyle rides you or uh, that was inappropriate uh cut that cut that we're gonna cut that out of the podcast um maybe kyle you know plays the hot hand or you just maybe you become that you take over for the Eli Mitchell thing or Eli Mitchell gets hurt right I mean Jesus Mitchell was on the injury report every week for basically the entire season and i don't think kyle wants to have that happen again so anyway um just one of those kind of really basic just give me the cheaper guy situation in that in that backfield yeah and i mean they always bring in running backs right what they they did the mckinnon thing they gallman and cut him um obviously drafted two this year you know so it's a mess the backfield is definitely a mess if i that's the situation i'm being very wary of um, for early 2022 drafts. Kyle also just loves himself some running backs. Yeah, there you go. Julio. Maybe they'll cut Julio. Silas says, can't wait to have all the kittle. I agree. We're just going to go 
go down with Kittle. I mean, the thing you know about Kittle is that even like he disappointed on a two, three turn price tag this year. Right. But like he still had a couple of monster games um, aside from, you know, what he had one stretch where he was pretty darn bad. He's still putting up some scores that you're not like for tight end. Like it's not that bad. And he has access to the 40 point games, which he had two of that. Like other people just don't have access to. So the cast game, the cast game. Excited to see if the optimal roster construction changes at all. If under so, um, I think I talked about it on Friday, but my understanding is that they're going to keep <clears throat> the twenty round um, for everything, which definitely is going to open up a, a lot of doors to some different roster constructions for for twenty 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 two. I mean, there's just a big, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge difference, right? That's a big increase uh, to roster spots from 18 right so um i definitely think it's gonna it's gonna change it's gonna gonna change a lot of things now there you go chris confirms ud underdog said today they're gonna do 20 rounds i think more of everything i'm open to i haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it dave um more three qb builds certainly um, I like to I like to be a, you know a weight on quarterback kind of guy, which opens yourself up to more three quarterback builds. I think more three tight end probably, but even even more so probably more zero running back. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't want to start that conversation already. But you know, just the more punts at wider or at running back you can get later in drafts actually allow you to uh, you know more anchor running back, more zero running back. Just be more fragile at running back. Right. Um, use those extra roster spots to attack the most fragile position, which is running back. That's my first. It's my first uh, general general lean. Yeah, there you go. Two more late late running back. Oh, that's the wrong cut. Two more late uh, RB lottery tickets. Um, so that's the 49ers. I think we've more than covered the 49ers, but I think they were after that loss. They were definitely like the big takeaway. A couple, uh, couple other things to hit fairly quickly. Oh, I was going to pull up because I think it's uh, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was only completely joking um, about this take when I tweeted it yesterday. But, you know, Hardman, I should have, I should have pulled up the uh, pro football reference page. Oh, damn it. I clicked the wrong Eric Hardman. I don't. I don't know. I don't know who Derek Hardman is. Uh, it seemed like he, it seemed like McCall played more than this, but he only played about fifty percent of snaps yesterday. So anyway, uh, you know, McCall has uh, a quality game yesterday. Right? Has a touchdown. Has fairly decent usage. They're showing him on the sideline, like he's telling the play callers that like I'm open and give me the ball and stuff. And weird. Very, 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 very weird. However, if we look at the if we look at the Chiefs, what they got coming back at wide receiver, so Pringle and Robinson are both free agents. It's not like this team has like a boatload of money, cap space to throw at wide receiver. And so I was totally joking when I was like, "Oh, McColl had a couple good plays and scored the touchdown. Had the long had the long one long catch and scores the touchdown. Right? He was he was being really productive early in that game." 
and uh, you're like, oh, look, we're going to get another another year of eighth round McCall Hardman. Every time. No matter what. They don't bark that many. It, they don't bark that many times. My dogs do not bark that many times throughout the entire day. A few times, maybe. But I can't go for a half hour talking to you guys without them absolutely losing their shit. It doesn't make any sense. Someone has to explain this to me. That I can go all day and they'll sleep and they'll be totally quiet and act very you know, like polite, calm dogs. And then I get on here and talk for a half hour, 45 minutes, and it is a guaranteed shit show. Doesn't make any sense. So anyway, speaking of shit shows, the Chiefs, really, really going to be interested. So like, like I said, I was totally joking about the McColl thing, but like, how much can they really do at wide receiver? I guess maybe a lot, but like, you would have to think that they, they, they need to invest in the defense, continue to invest in the defense. You would have to think that, and maybe I'm totally wrong about this, but the secondary is not very good. And the defense the defense getting better was part of what really elevated them. They, they largely took care of the offensive line this, this year. Um, my, my guess is that they're going to – just these dogs are a shit show. Just an absolute shit show. They've gotten so much exercise today, too. So much exercise. Shit show. So anyway, my guess is, as Silas says here, yeah, they sense the presence of your audience, Terrence. I agree. Uh, woo is right. Um, they're they're shepherd husky mixes. So they got they got some serious husky uh, howls in them. Uh, wide receivers. I love this wide receiver class is fun. I don't. I don't. I. I people. I'm not a super uh, elite prospect evaluator, but I watch a ton of college football. I play college football DFS. I. I follow it pretty darn closely. People. Some people are a little bit more bullish in terms of the super super high end of this wide receiver class. Like I. Tr- I really like Jalen Burks. I like Garrett Wilson. Blah blah blah. I like Drake London. I like all those guys. They're good. I don't think, you know, there's definitely no Jamar Chase in this class, right? There's, I don't think that there's a CeeDee Lamb. I don't think that there's that. Um, however, I, I agree. It's a good, I like this wide receiver class. It's a good class. So my expectation would be that they they draft somebody. I'm, I'm curious though, you know, if, if they just draft somebody, I, I think, I think we're going to want, to have some McCall again. And I think everybody has soured on him so much that he might actually be a value this time. Like I talk about this all the time. Like I'm, I'm Charlie Brown with the football on some of these guys. And I wasn't that big on McCall. So it's not that, not that I'm, I'm, I'm cool. Like I, I wasn't, you know, like shout out Davis, Davis Maddock that was really heavy into McCall for a couple of years. I, I haven't been that heavy into him. I do almost feel like this might be the time. To, this would be sick, though. Olave to the Chiefs. Olave would ball out. Tenth round. Chris says tenth round on McColl. Let me look. Or tenth round is what you would you would pay for McColl. Let's look where he goes right now. Oh my God. 
He's going 165. McColl's going 165 overall. So anyway, putting this putting this depth chart thing together just had me thinking about McColl because we had yesterday, you know, obviously in those games, like a, it's a roller coaster ride of McColl. He had the one long bomb. He had the one long bomb. I think it was a, a, a free play. I think there was offsides. Uh, Mahomes throws it up to him and he has like a half step on the corner. And it was a good throw. It wasn't perfect throw, but he's just like, I don't know if he didn't see the ball or he just didn't try. I, I don't know what that play was. It was extremely bizarre. And I thought that was going to be a big play for him. So anyway, he had a really roller coaster, really roller. Yeah, he, he didn't he didn't even try. He didn't even try. But if Tyreek, this is funny because this is said it said in jest, I assume, Silas. But like, look at the end of the season. He got double digit targets in the meaningless game or whatever when Tyreek rested. So anyway, that was a takeaway that I had from yesterday. A lesson. A best ball lesson, if you will, that I kind of think we want like, what's the worst thing that happens with McCall Hardman at pick 165? He doesn't play again. Like, who gives a shit at pick 165? But like, maybe they just bring in one rookie and he's the wide receiver three and Pringle and, you know, Pringle might go get paid somewhere. He played pretty well this year. I can't imagine they're going to pay Demarcus Robinson when they can just draft a rookie for cheaper. So like, I hate I hate that we're doing this again. This is we're talking about 49ers and Trey Lance, and then we're talking about freaking McCole Hardman. But I thought it was a pretty interesting, um, interesting situation. Yeah, I can't believe and Dave says I can't believe the gall to demand more targets after not even trying for that that deep that deep shot. It, I did think it was so funny in that game. <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> McCole's choking me up that. Tyreek went seven for 75 in the first half and a touchdown or whatever. Tyreek is just balling out doing what Tyreek does. We get to the second half and McColl is going to the OC and stuff like, give me the ball. I'm open or I'm going to get open or whatever. And they, they Tyreek doesn't get a touch. <laughs> Tyreek gets zero touches in the second half. But McColl Hardman is out here demanding demanding the football from the OC like what what is this world that we're that we are uh living in but yeah everybody hates McColl like we finally we finally reached that point right so this is when he goes off is that we finally reached this point where everybody was like okay this is the year right they spent the high draft pick on high draft pick on him he's an explosive athlete and he plays for the Chiefs bing bada boom you know smash eighth round whatever turns out he's just not very good at football or at least not yet is not very good at football and just being fast and playing with Mahomes doesn't make you an eighth round pick well now everybody's like screw this guy 15th round or whatever 14th round pick what the with one of your last picks of your draft when they have they they don't have any wide receivers like we said they're definitely going to bring someone in but like who do they draft someone and bring in Will Fuller do they draft someone and bring in Allen Robinson, like, do they draft? Do they do that, or do they just like draft someone and invest the resources in the defense? They need running backs too. Not that you need to invest resources in that, but you know what I mean. Like, it's just a, it's just an interesting, it's an interesting uh, situation. Yeah, Davis's Twitter is good. Davis's Twitter, David, <laughs> that's a tough. It's been a tough few weeks for Davis as a uh, Chiefs and a Cowboys fan. And I'm a McColl fan. The McColl roller coaster yesterday was uh, 
the the McCall roller coaster was about the same as the Chiefs as the Chiefs roller coaster. Yeah, they could keep Pringle for sure. It, it depends on everything. Totally agree. Chris says I think it depends on if they keep Pringle. Depends on what I'm saying is it depends on what they do at wide receiver because they're not locked into anybody. Pringle is also just that kind of guy to me. Maybe he does just want to come back and play for the Chiefs. He'll give him a cheap deal. It's just the kind of guy where somebody else sees like, oh, look, he was good for the Chiefs. Let's pay him a little bit of money. And this is his shot. Byron, like, spoiler alert, Byron Pringle ain't getting a big contract after this one. So if he wants to make real money in the NFL, he's got to try to do it right now. Yeah, I, I like this take. I think McKinnon, let's look up McKinnon. You know, first, let's let's look up. So CEH, you know, is going 59th overall. He's definitely one of the toughest players. To, I mean, this seems crazy to me, doesn't it, to you? McKinnon at 191, I, I kind of think it's worth a shot. Like, he either, again, maybe I'm crazy, and I'm just wrong about this one, too. He either they're gonna bring him back and like he's probably gonna split the continuing to be in a split with with CEH, right? Mahomes has talked up. Like, there's tons of good quotes about Mahomes like loving McKinnon, blah blah blah. And I can't believe they didn't use him in the regular season. Like what? Like what are we doing here? Um, but like I think they might bring like it seems like a really good marriage between McKinnon. And, and the Chiefs. And so McKinnon here at 191 seems like a, 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 a screaming value in CEH, probably a little bit, a little bit overvalued. Derek Gore is back. Derek Gore, um, Derek Gore will be back. I'm not sure that they value him too, too much, but I think he'll be their third running back next year and they'll bring in one guy. They'll either bring back, or they could bring back multiple, but they'll definitely at least bring in bring in one. I mean, they have to bring in one guy. They only have two, two running backs. Um, I, I totally agree. Stylus. It's crazy that, you know, CEH can't get any targets in the passing game, but I don't know, man. I, I don't really, I don't really get it. We're on two years now of them using him as, as an early down runner and not in the passing game. It's really hard to, it's really hard to, to figure out. I agree with this also, Eric, you had like, 18% McKinnon and it was painful to see this this playoff run. I don't think I had 18 but I definitely was very high on McKinnon. He just seemed it was clearly wrong, but he just seemed when you're comparing the late round Chiefs running backs him and Daryl Williams, it was like what guy can like win me this season? I'm like, "Oh my god, Jarek McKinnon on the Chiefs." It was like we got every other guy that like fantasy twitter has been in love with forever breakout this year right like every one of them cordero patterson breakout um duke johnson breakout i'm definitely missing someone right who is it that's all the guys that you know fantasy football twitter says See, we we told you he was good we told you he was good cpat and duke johnson were the big two guys that uh, come to mind. Jarek McKinnon is the other one. It's like everybody's like Jarek McKinnon is a really good football player, and now he's on the Chiefs. It's like they just need to use him. And then, of course, we draft him in uh, in best ball season, and they wait to use him until the playoffs. 
we're gonna we'll talk about Russell Gage in the offseason. He's a free agent too. I have to imagine the Falcons will bring him back. We'll talk about him in the offseason. I was totally one hundred percent out on Russell Gage uh this entire draft season, but um I played him in some DFS down the stretch. And I watched a fair bit of Falcons games because I was so heavily invested in Cal Pitts. And I think Russell Gage is a little bit better than uh, we gave him credit for. Then definitely than I gave him credit for in this offseason. So uh, he's someone we'll talk about. Got to see what happens with him in free agency. But, uh, oh, last thing, playoff, playoff best. Let's save it. We'll save, we'll save the playoff best ball talk. We got two weeks before we got two weeks before, uh, before the Super Bowl, and we can uh, we can talk about some playoff best ball stuff later. Um, no real strong takeaways. I don't think for the Bengals, Jamar Chase is awesome. I think T. Higgins is probably a value. Tyler Boyd is probably a value. CJ Uzoma is a free agent, so I'll be interested to see what they do at tight end, and they're definitely going to upgrade the offensive line. So the Bengals are going to be a fun team to talk about probably in the off season and the Rams are the Rams. we got to see what they do. Um, probably at wide receiver, but I like Bobby trees. We did a draft on Friday for 2022 and I drafted Bobby trees. Cause I, I can't imagine they bring Odell back. I could be wrong. I can't imagine they bring Odell back. Odell's going to try to go get paid. So, um, yeah, Silas asks Wednesday. For those of you that maybe haven't tuned in to Spike Week shows, welcome. But um, Wednesdays are what we call Best Ball Bros, where I bring in somebody from around, kind of you know, just the fantasy football space, but definitely people that have been heavily invested into best ball. And we just kind of have a hangout, talk about you know, definitely some best ball stuff. But we talk about get to know them a little bit, like some personal life stuff. Maybe talk about where they come from, what they did before this, you know, all that kind of stuff. We have done three episodes so far. Um, the first one was with Liam um, at chess Liam on Twitter, Liam Murphy, who won best ball mania two this year for a million dollars on underdog. He was an unbelievable guest. So sharp. Liam is mega sharp. Go back and check that out. It's on the YouTube again, hit the like button. And then if you subscribe, you'll get access to these shows much more easily um and then did uh, a show with actually someone that i went to high school with a high school buddy with me i played i've known um tony castro felix castro i know the name thing is funny we called him tony back in the day but he goes by felix now um he's a very long name a bunch of names felix castro i literally went to high school i went i went to you know, I, I grew up with Felix, played high school football with Felix. I've known him for a long time. It's really funny. One of my Facebook memories the other day was uh, a Facebook conversation between Felix and I. So I thought that was that was really, fun. you know, we were dumb and like, you know, 19 years old or whatever. But the second episode of Best Ball Bros was with Felix, who won the DraftKings Millie Maker for Best Ball. Million dollars on DraftKings. So we did the two million dollar winners. And then last week I did an episode with Peter Overzet, the best ball influencer, the biggest influencer in this space. 100% was awesome. Got to know Pete a little bit better, had some fun, talk best ball, talk his past, 
talk stories from the summer and this crazy best ball summer. And this Wednesday, bringing on the legend, the goat in all of the best ball space, Justin Herzig. Justin Herzig um, established the run and all of his his NFT stuff and obviously his best ball brilliance, having won best ball mania one, not this year, but last year, um, having all had a serious sweat on DraftKings this year, one of the best best ball players on the planet. It'll be Justin Herzig this week. On top of that, tomorrow, Tuesday nights, uh, haven't finalized a time 100% yet, but somewhere around, somewhere in the evening, later in, later in the evening, we're launching a new show here on Spike Week, among some other new shows that are going to be happening, where myself, to start out myself, and Rob Coakley, at King Coakley. Rob has been in the in the chat here. He's been doing some videos for Spike Week. Rob's going to host. Rob's going to run this, so I don't have to run them all. But I'm going to join him at first. We're just going to do the Spike Week football show. We're just going to hang out on Tuesday nights. We're going to talk about football. We're going to talk about the playoffs. We're going to talk about real-life football stuff, NFL stuff. It doesn't have to be all best ball talk all 100% of the time. We're just going to hang out. And we'll definitely talk some fantasy football. We'll definitely talk some best ball. But we're going to hang out. Spike Week football show on Tuesday nights. So you'll see that coming tomorrow. So a bunch of fun new stuff coming out this week. Check out check out those depth charts that I added to the website today. I think there's some really interesting stuff as we went through, like the Chiefs and the Bears and stuff, some really fun and interesting stuff in there. Um, and go Trey Lance. It's finally, finally. We just wasted all these months drafting these teams of Trey Lance and didn't get rewarded for it. So now it's finally Trey Lance season. So for that, it's about time to head out of here. Thank you guys for joining me. And I'll see you guys tomorrow with Rob. Rob will be here. You guys don't have to listen to me so much anymore. You can listen to somebody else smarter, funnier, wittier, and uh, and fun. Tomorrow night, Spike Week Football Show. And Wednesday with Herzig on Best Ball Bros. I'll catch you guys later. See ya.